1: You know, uh, twenty twenty and twenty nineteen have been big years for cults in in the modern media landscape. Uh, but we were we were diving into this stuff uh, back in what twenty fourteen.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, way before the cult renaissance that we're in the midst of right now.
1: Well, at
3: least yeah, it, like Ben said, in the uh, spotlight before Nexium mm-hmm. was a big deal. Um, I hesitate to say the S word, but that was around and we were talking about it too. Um, You're going to find a lot of stuff that you didn't know in this episode and stuff that they, these particular cults,
1: probably don't want you to know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's why we call this classic episode cults you've never heard of. You'll hear versions of us uh, navigating the difference between a cult and a religion and some of the strangest cults in history, along with secret cults of what was the modern day
2: from ufos to ghosts and government cover-ups history is riddled with unexplained events you can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know
3: welcome back to the show my name is
1: matt and i'm ben
3: and this is stuff they don't want you to know as though you didn't hear that in the title earlier but that's okay. We just want to make sure you know where you are cuz you uh, know it gets tough sometimes. People get confused. Where am I? What am right. I? Yeah. What is this place? Where are we
1: going in life? Oh, I
3: know it's confusing, right? There are a
1: lot of questions. Mm. And uh people, there's no shortage of people pretending to answer those questions, some of whom even believe it. I and mean, it's funny that we're talking about this. Let's let's jump right in uh one of the great differences between human beings and other animals is that human beings unique among all highly intelligent animals seem to have this compulsion to um, find out more about life, to ask what happens when we die. Now we have seen evidence, of course, that higher order animals are able to um, Acknowledge death in some form if a member of their peer groups dies.
3: Sure, you'll see elephants that mourn their dead. Uh, there are also, there have been instances of dolphins that carry their dead babies from mm. long distances in the water.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's an excellent point because it shows it's not just primates. It's also cetaceans. Uh, we also know that, uh, many mammals have some sort of understanding of that loss. Dogs famously. Uh, have, can have difficulties when a human that they have bonded with has passed away. But according to current science, there's one thing that only humans can do. Dolphins can't do it. Elephants, dogs, even crows, which are scary smart. Uh, and that is contemplate an afterlife, a, a entirely abstract world, whether dystopian or utopian that exists beyond the mortal plane. And that is why um, one of human beings, one of humanity's greatest either discoveries or inventions, depending on how you look at it, is the idea of religion, right?
3: Yeah, and we haven't officially, as humans, nailed down what, what exactly happens yet. At least we haven't scientifically proven what happens. No. So it, there really, any, any idea, if it strikes personally with you, could be persuasive enough for you to believe it.
1: Yeah, and we mean literally any idea because in the absence of universally agreed quantitative, not qualitative proof of, of a life after death, um, people's opinions can be just up for, up for anything. Who knows? No one can really disprove a lot of this stuff, but we also know that for a great deal of Human, uh, history, this, these beliefs, which we will call religions for most of this podcast, these beliefs, spiritual beliefs, religious beliefs guided the course of human civilization.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, wh- why, why would humans come together and live as a society, um, if there wasn't some kind of agreed upon reason to be doing so? Uh, other than procreation mm-hmm. and the gathering of food. Um, it seems as though we've been getting a lot of people commenting on our on our videos, especially the one we made about how to start a cult, about how society as a whole possibly was, or quite frankly, most likely was kind of the, or originated as some kind of cult.
1: Sure. A uh, hunting party uh, layer begins to accrete spiritual beliefs. And that could even have happened before homo sapiens. Um, this is, this is a scary thing for some people. Um, especially if you consider yourself, uh, more of an atheist or on the atheist side of the spiritual Mm -hmm. spectrum, we know that early non homo sapiens, early man, uh, like the, the demo recording of man basically had before the full album came out. Um, Already had some beliefs like venerating the dead, um, performing some sort of ritualistic burial or commemoration. Now, because that stuff happens before the dawn of recorded history, we don't really know how to uh, find the specifics of whatever their spiritual sure. beliefs were. Um, we've got a lot of smart people making a lot of smart guesses, and. The reason that we're talking now about the, the, this ancient history and the fundamental importance and, and unique ability, uh, that we call spiritual exploration. Um, it's all because you and I recently did, uh, a series on cults. We did. And we found so much stuff. It got kind of dark too, right? It got really dark
3: editing, editing together that. The Kurum Case episode was mm. a harrowing experience to say the least.
1: And you did a fantastic job on that episode too. If there's anybody who happens to have not seen that, I think the title of it is, uh, Child Impersonation or Cults Child Impersonation in the Czech Republic. That's it. And it is entirely about a very strange cult, uh, sometimes called the Ants and the way that we like to do this stuff in these audio podcasts so far is we like to be able to give a little bit more background and context uh, that we weren't able to uh, originally in the video, just because of the length of time or because of the tone. Um, so in this podcast, what you and I are going to explore is the nature of cults. What what makes something a cult? How is a cult any different from a religion? And um, some great points that... Listeners brought up in the YouTube comments, uh, is it possible for things that are not spiritual on the, on the surface to also be cults, which I think is a great question. Um, so if you, if you don't mind, Matt, I've got a little bit of a definition.
3: All right. Let's do it.
1: All right. So we know that the concept of a cult, um, at least in academia dates back to about 1932. A sociologist named Howard P. Becker. Uh, said that, but he based it as sort of an expansion of an earlier guy's work, a guy named Ernst Troeltsch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to, I don't know if I made it out of that one alive. T-R-O-E-L-T-S-C-H. Troeltsch And, uh, Trolch had this, uh, typology where he was separate. He was trying to, to separate, um, church versus sect and, Becker originally said that a cult was a small religious group lacking organization and emphasizing the private nature of personal beliefs. Now we know that is not the modern definition of a cult. Um, the modern definition of a cult is um outside of it exists outside of a predominant religion, right? And it has uh some notable differences in comparison to what we call a religion proper. Now we know uh that there are these other things called sects, mm-hmm. and I said that so I don't accidentally say, you know, sex, but uh, <laughs> S-E-C-T-S. Uh, these are the products of religious disagreements, so they still have many of the same beliefs and uh, structures. They just,
3: they diverge in the particulars. They've had a schism right. at some point because of maybe something, um, what are some of the examples of that?
1: a uh, great one would be martin luther um saying uh that people could correspond directly with the divine rather than going through any in- intermediary uh like some a member of the catholic church another earlier example would be um when christianity began and people who traditionally followed judaism uh said that they believed that Jesus Christ was um a divine a messenger of the divine, so this became in a way it still carried a lot of the traditional beliefs at least for a time associated with the earlier belief system. but a cult can take some of that and does uh, something totally new,
3: oh yeah or or it'll be based upon. At least a lot of the ones that we found were, are based on some kind of writing, some kind of document that kind of, that they take in as their manifesto of sorts, as their kind, their brick and mortar structure for what, how they're going to base their beliefs upon. And then they kind of make some changes here and there, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty fascinating stuff. The, the one, the Holy Grail movement was really, was interesting. The one that was, that we talked about in that. Curm Case episode mm-hmm. where it's it's about the Holy Grail. The entire thing is based upon this guy's book from, I think, 1977 mm-hmm. around that time. the German guy, right? The German fellow. Mm-hmm. Forget his name. But uh, if you get a chance, search the Grail movement. It's very interesting.
1: Yeah. And that's a that's a good illustration of how I I would say that. um the Grail movement doesn't seem to be as much of a cult, but I don't have too much information about it. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah.
3: Sorry. The, I don't mean to.
1: Yeah. More of a sect. And I, I, yeah. I think that's what you're saying because the ants in that curum case episode are the, the cult that broke off. Mm-hmm. And as, as we know, and as, uh, thank God you pointed out in the video, uh, the Grail movement is not related, disowned, yes. disowned them completely, uh, successfully sued, uh, some, a Czech newspaper, right, by the yes. way, uh, for implying that they were supporting it. Um, all right. We also know that uh, from everything you guys are hearing us say, the exact definition or difference between a cult and a religion is a matter of great debate. You will run into people who tell you that the Baptist church is a cult. You will meet people who assure you that Mormonism is a cult. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and all our Scientology-based listeners or Scientology-focused listeners will want to hear us talk about the idea of whether Scientology is a religion, a cult, or none of the above, which it has been all three, depending on who you ask. But we have a little quick guide that we found from a cult hotline and clinic that will help us differentiate a little bit, right? Yeah, sure.
3: Why don't you tell us what uh, what a cult is, and then I will say what a, what a religion, or cons- at least from this list.
1: Oh, okay. So like what a cult would do versus yes. what a religion would do. Okay. Um, let's start with your end. That's a great idea. You start with the religion, and we'll provide the cult alternative.
3: Okay. When you're getting information from a religion, it's generally offered up uh, right up front. It's given to you as, hey, read about this. Let us know if you're interested.
1: And when you're in a cult or cult-like organization, there's deceit in recruitment. So we're not giving you either all of the information or the actual truth. In a religion, um,
3: generally, freedom of thought is offered up, and uh, members have a say in what goes on a lot of times.
1: Not in a cult. We are totalitarian. My way or the highway to hell. Generally, religions will
3: promote a family, a family unit of some sort. Um, usually it will have very rigid structures of what that family unit unit can or cannot be. But they still promote a family unit.
1: Destroy the family unit in your cult. The only unit is the cult. I'm getting a little dramatic. Sorry, I'm feeling I'm had a lot of coffee.
3: Religions tend to work within a society, so they'll go out and do uh, work inside a community, mm. um, do some volunteering or donation.
1: Okay, cool. So, like, you could have your own life in larger society. Yeah, in a religion, not in a cult. Isolate the members. No outsiders. One of us. A religion is generally
3: open to the community, so it will it will bring it will take anyone who comes in who is interested um and it just has open arms let's say
1: right which is why for instance at least in the united states uh you can generally as long as you are respectful of the of the traditions you can generally in attend any uh church mosque synagogue uh christian reading room or what have you um a a hindu or buddhist temple um as long as you're not a jerk about it but not in cults you gotta keep those non-believers out till they've been carefully vetted.
3: Yeah, cause they might gum up the works. They might gum up the works. A religion is interested in promoting potential. Now, what does that mean, Ben, if it's promoting potential? So mm-hmm. it wants you to grow individually. Ah, yes. Uh, and, and because it wants to see the entire religion grow, but it also wants to see the community grow.
1: Well, you know, that's really taking away from the development of the cult, which is the primary focus of a cult. And that's why a cult will limit the development of an individual, destroy the ego, as they would say.
4: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs.
3: Terminix it.
1: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
3: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
2: each.
3: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now.
2: That's Livenation.comslash
0: Concert Week to Buy Now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults you know you're worth it we do too so don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu
3: so in a religion while there are guidelines members are not systematically controlled they're not individually controlled
1: hmm, okay so um you know, certain days might be meatless or certain holidays have requirements you need to participate in, but you are allowed to have a mind of your own. Yes. Not in a cult where, uh, mind control techniques are prevalent <laughs> and, and practiced often.
3: In religion, it's generally promoted that you should really think hard about your decision to take a commitment in this religion, uh, to be saved or, blessed in mm-hmm. some way or take a rite of passage in this religion. They really want you to contemplate it, think about it, make sure it's the right decision for you.
1: Oh, right. Like how um, quite a few religions require you to have a certain period of study mm-hmm. before you can, you know, like if you convert to a religion. Um, not in cults, man. That's the good news. Uh, commitment is encouraged during the recruitment process. So you want to learn more, come on, just join. Just join and we'll tell you.
3: Just give us one more payment, and then uh, you can learn a little bit more, and you'll be committed. Okay, now, this one I might have a little bit of contention with. Oh, yeah? But on our list, it says that in a religion, people are free to speak out against the tenets of a religion. Um, Um, And, I I mean, that's true. To a point. To a point. But if you're inside the religion, uh, you may have... Some more problems there, which might lead to say a schism and mm-hmm. an offshoot and perhaps a cult.
1: Ah, uh, yes. And in a cult, uh, the, any, any criticism is often met with, uh, very serious threats. So these could be legal action. These could be, uh, you know, isolation even further from your new cult family, uh, physical punishments even. Um, it can be very messy very quickly.
3: I have another point of contention here in this list, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. In a religion, clergy are expected generally to be responsible for their words and actions. That um, sounds nice. That's like a theoretical. Yeah, it sounds very nice, uh, as we have seen with certain massive institutions that may or may not be true.
1: Huh, right. And in a cult, uh, the leader and the followers consider the leader. To be above reproach cannot be criticized. So, what what are some great examples of this? Well, we know that Manson or Jim Jones would never have been criticized by a member of their cult. Uh, we know that um, for a time, uh, Kim uh, Jong Il was not uh, legally not be able to be criticized. There's a there's a weird argument here, which is different. Now, I'm not saying that North Korea is a cult country. Um, any more than I'm saying that Thailand is a cult country, but there's a there's a monarchical fallacy here because in Middle Eastern countries and in Thailand, um any sort of criticism of the royal family uh, can can ha- get you in prison very quickly Jeez. at the very least. Um So that's kind of cultish, uh, which goes to another thing, questioning the leader or the basic outline of the cult. Is never allowed. So if you, you know, if you say, Hey guys, even if it's something as small as, uh, Hey guys, I really like our eight hour brainwashing sessions, but I was thinking maybe we could use a CD instead of a VHS tape. So we don't have to keep stopping to rewind it. Um, then you would get in a lot of trouble.
3: It would seem so. Yeah.
1: Uh, so now that we know some of the differences between a cult and a religion, we'll talk a little bit. About some of the history, which I think is fascinating here, um something from the Baltimore Sun uh that we mentioned a little bit before, is that um something can change from a cult to a religion over time, right
3: oh yeah, and it again, it can splinter the opposite way as well, so early Christianity, when it was first originating, mm-hmm. it was considered a cult because you had. You know, you had certain groups of people, like you said, who were from, uh, who were Jewish or, uh, Roman uh, yeah. at the time, um, who then started following this one guy and this one guy's message. And, you know, it's an interesting comparison. I'd like to, I haven't read much up on this, but I'd like to see someone's argument for jesus as a cult leader i'd be fascinated to read that hmm. it just yeah. if you looked and i i don't I'm not saying that he was right, right but just i it would be an interesting uh, angle mm-hmm. to, to look at it
1: because they have a um a theology that did a couple of things they said uh this uh this current stat, status quo is um not the way that humans are supposed to be so it's kind of heretical and it confuses Some of the earlier religions, the Jewish religion and the Roman religion at the time were some of the predominant belief structures. And while borrowing uh, heavily from uh, a lot of those uh, from Roman society, from Jewish tradition, uh, Christianity itself was something that was novel. And and of course, uh, Islam was also considered a cult by medieval Christians Mm -hmm. much later who would have never Um, called their religion a cult, but the, the new guy on the street was, was the same thing. And it's because some of the same stuff, you know, Islam, uh, has Jesus as the most quoted prophet in the Quran, uh, and the, there, there's so much commonality in the Abrahamic religions, but still they called it a cult. So this leads, um, this leads to an interesting idea. What if the only real difference between a cult and a religion is the length of time that a spiritual organization is active?
3: I think that's a great point. That's an absolutely great point because as soon as a new guy comes along, that's weird and different. That's a mm-hmm. cult.
1: And there's there's a great argument here that we broke down from this article in the Sun, and uh, there there are a couple reasons why this is a is kind of a good metric. Or uh, I don't know. What do you think is a fair amount of time? To transition,
3: well, it needs to be one where a child can grow up inside this belief structure, okay, long enough Smart. to be old enough, as old at least as the parent was,
1: to and reproduce successfully, and then, re- and then
3: continue, right? So, yeah. okay, that so that person would have to, yeah, there would reproduction would be necessary. You can't just bring people in. It's
1: so like one, two, so three generations total, maybe.
3: Yeah, that would be about right. So. Uh, what's that, 100 years, or a little less, a little more?
1: A little more, maybe, yeah. Um, well, I guess it depends on when they have kids, right? Yeah. And when they die. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. The, all right. I think that's very smart. Um, and it has to function a couple of ways because already there will be people asking us, or writing emails asking, uh, well, what about a cult that functions in secret for hundreds of years? That's a little bit different. We're talking about things that function in the open. Um, so one of the most, one of the biggest points is a group that has survived over generations cannot have the sort of self-destructive or antisocial behavior that occurs in cults.
3: At least not openly.
1: Right. You can't kill your breeding population. You can't render them, uh, sterile one way or the other. Um, you so, also can't
3: kill a lot of them in a mass suicide.
1: Right. Yeah. No mass suicide. Also, it has to, it has to play nice with the current, whomever the current government or state is. So that means that you can't uh, break laws like abuse laws, mm-hmm. um, which is one way that uh, groups are who later turn out to be cults are often caught, you know, um, and it could be some dark stuff. It could be domestic abuse. It could be um, fraud, you know, mm-hmm. taking making your followers give up their financial assets to you, or of course, in some cases, it can be sexual abuse.
3: That's a, that's a great point about functioning inside the society and not making the rulers of the land you oc- occupy angry at you. So, and I think that has a lot to do with morality and why re- religion and religious beliefs, uh, the morality of a people is often, often ascribed to that.
1: Ah, that's such a good point. Yeah, it's such a good point because, um, one thing that it seems religions tend to do is over time have a morality which uh is is sort of a mirror of the society in which they operate or uh is tolerated by that society sure so um you know so a cult that argues something like people who are not in our religion are not really human um then that is not going to, that morality is not going to jibe with well, the authorities will always be under suspicion. Mm-hmm. But if you have um, a moral argument, which is something like uh, people should try to be good, which is when you boil it down, that's that's one of the most basic tenets of any sort of spiritual belief structure. And for thousands of years, people have just been fighting over the definitions of good and people. Yep. And, um, it's sad to say, I hope that, uh, I hope that if aliens land, they're not just disgusted with us on that point, but, uh, yeah, pretty sure they
3: will be, but uh, that's
1: all right. (laughs) But then another thing they can, uh, to the point about kids, uh, these cults or excuse me, religions will also grow institutions. So they'll have, um, non-profit organizations. They'll take care of the sick and the elderly and the dispossessed. Yeah. And
3: they'll have systems. Uh, to educate others Yeah. to basically bring people up in these beliefs mm-hmm. so that, again, that's the thing we were talking about earlier. You can't let it die, so you have to make sure the young people get the message and then
1: continue forward. And this sounds like a recipe for something that's not just able to survive in, in a community where not everyone has that religion, but it sounds like people of this religion or obeying these kind of approaches could become really valuable to the larger society. Sure. You know, what, what are we talking? About? We're talking about stable generation, spanning self-sustaining organization that wants to help people. Um, sounds like a great thing. Sounds like a great thing. And sometimes in history, it has been, of course, part of being one of the guiding principles of human history means that there is a lot of stuff on both the pro and the con side. Millions of people have been saved by various religions, and millions upon millions have been murdered. No other way around it. Yeah. Um. All right. But it's time now to talk about some cults. We talked about the difference between cults and religions, and now it's time to talk about cults. But before we do, it's time for a word from our sponsor, right?
3: Oh, yeah. I always forget that we have these great sponsors. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for helping us make this show, guys.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate it.
4: Snag a Job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position
3: Terminix
1: it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
3: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
1: $25 each.
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's Livenation.comslash Concert Week to buy now. This
0: is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
1: Are you tired of going from Walmart to Target and back looking for the perfect robes?
3: It's hard to find a coat of sufficient length to really give you the gravitas that you're looking for when you're on that stage or pulpit talking to your flock.
1: And the secular soulless husk of uninitiated flesh that are currently running the world economy into the ground don't understand the value of a good sigil, talisman, or crucifix. But never fear, because there's finally an answer for cult leaders just like you. That's right, Buck Thunder Tumbles Worldwide, Robe and Sigil Emporium. Come on down to find the latest innovations in mind-cleansing crystals, in past life regression technology, and mind control. Are your followers seeming a little bit too ordinary? Are those pesky egos resurfacing at the strangest times? Well then why not try the Mind Muzzle, Uh, fresh here at Buck Thunder Tumbles Emporium.
3: Those blood rituals can get really messy. Sometimes when it splashes up on your robe and you get those small stains, your flock will notice. Well, bring your soiled robes and talismans and sigils and anything else that may have a little blood stain on it. Come on down to Buck Thunder Tumbles, Robe and Sigil Emporium, and we'll wash all of those blood stains out. We'll also wash out any other nasty stains on your brilliant robes of magnificence
1: we accept payment in cash cards children religious icons other robes rival cult leaders and of course human hair Buck Thunder Tumbles, Robe, and Sigil Emporium is not legally responsible for any of the following. Waco-style massacres, cult indoctrination, resurfacing of egos, robe chafing, sandal chafing, sigil poison, blood poison, roll eye, wiggle arm, snake handle, echolalia, ululation, breakdancing, spontaneous disco, rites of passage, teeth filing, double winks, triple winks, goat speak, dark miracles. Paid for by friends of Buck Thunder Tumbles, Robe, and Sigil Emporium, a division of Illumination Global Limited.
3: All right, well, that was, um, that, that was interesting. Yeah, I can't pick our
1: sponsors, I guess. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Uh, we should also say, um, I don't know if they put it in the ad, but I think we're, if you mention us, you get like a, an 8% discount.
3: Yeah. Console. 8%, 7% if it's a Tuesday. It was something weird. Yeah. I don't remember the, the They have
1: a weird, they have a different calendar. Uh, so now it's time to talk about some out and out cults, things that are universally called cults by everybody except for the people in there.
3: All right. let's get started. This is one that we found that's uh, a little weird. Let's just go into it. It's called the Creativity Movement, formerly the World Church of the Creator. Now, this is a white separatist organization, and it advocates the whites-only religion, creativity. Wait, That's wait, wait, called. wait.
1: The name of the, this yes. racist religion is creativity. Yes. That is like the most uncreative name. <laughs> but it's, but it's also
3: so universal. Okay, yeah. Although it's not at all universal. It's whites only. Um, so it was, it was also kind of a descriptive phrase that was used by, uh, this guy named Ben Clausen, I think okay. is how
1: you say it. It's like one of the leaders, I guess.
3: Yes. And, uh, it, it, it included all adherents of the religion and basically the use of the term creator does not, it doesn't refer to any kind of deity. Oh, okay. So uh, there's no God. N- no, it's to you. It's to the, the person, uh, the self and <laughs> white people. Let's oh, just say. okay. Um, but anyway, despite the former use of the word of church in its name, the movement is definitely atheistic. There is no belief in God.
1: Huh. Okay. Now, this is the one that started in 1973, but the founder, Ben Clausen died, right? In 1993.
3: And, yes. Yeah. Okay. So he only had 20 years there to run the thing.
1: And I, it, it's so, it's so strange to me then. The, I, you know, we're going to find, of course, that there, that racism, um is prevalent in a lot of fringe cults um you know a racist organization doesn't necessarily consider itself also a spiritual organization but a lot of spiritual groups have no problem with racism and in fact feel very justified about it and you know sadly although people might like to think this is a new newer kind of belief that's more and more in the fringes it's been around since religions. Racism and religion have been, uh, thick as thieves for, uh, a lot of human history. Um, yeah. I want to talk about one that I really like, the Prince Philip movement or, uh, a cargo cult. Now okay. this is something that, uh, Chuck from stuff you should know and I are both fascinated by. I don't want to say we're big fans of it. So. This is an island called Tana or Tana in Vanuatu or Vanuatu. And this uh and this uh Vanuatu is aside from being something that'll mispronounce regularly, uh this is a small island nation and during the um sometime probably in the fifties or sixties, having received airdrops from planes that were flying over the islanders who were rural began what was called a cargo cult so they believe at least this one tribe on tanna believes that prince philip is a divine creature
3: you mean the duke of edinburgh
1: yes the duke of edinburgh uh and is the son of a son and brother so it's incestuous which is okay if you're if you're a deity um the son and brother of the legendary john from now, I think, have we talked about cargo cults on the show before? We've
3: mentioned it a couple of times. We did the Sentinel Island episode. That's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you can learn some amazing stuff about this. Uh, the, the royal couple didn't help at all because in 1974, they visited the island, which I just think is, um, elitist and, Kind of not cool. I, I guess you could say it's diplomacy, but I think it's tremendously condescending on the part of, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh. But the, um, but I think maybe his intentions are good because he was made when he found out about this religion, he's visited and exchanged gifts with the leaders. Now this cargo, when it was originally dropped, not to go too far into the story was, was amazing. And after learning of the, uh, learning more about John from and the West, the uh um, mystical understanding these people had, which was often exploited or presented with ridicule, um resulted in them building like fake in a fake airport, essentially fake mm-hmm. airway um and calling for the return of John From for the cargo to bring more of these amazing gifts, which if you think about it, had to be like space age may as well be magic oh, yeah. they hadn't seen him before. But, uh, that is, that is a story for another day. We, Here's a, kind of, yeah. we get one more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one. yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, so there's something called New Wabianism. And this is something that you pointed out to me that uh, yes. I had never heard of. Yeah. Um, this is an umbrella term that refers to these doctrines and teachings of this guy uh, named Dwight York. And, uh, it originated as, as a, a black Muslim group. In, I think it was in New York, right? In mm-hmm. the 1970s. Yeah. About. Um, but eventually, well, I, I'm kind of skipping ahead of here, but eventually I found out that they had a headquarters in Georgia.
1: Yeah. Putnam County, right?
3: Yeah. Really yeah. interesting where there was a pyramid structure and uh, yeah. it's really fascinating. You can, you can search for New Wabian. Uh, is that just what you would search for New Wabianism? Yeah. And you can find White-York. a picture. It's really interesting.
1: Yeah, the, uh, and it's based on a bunch of different things that Dwight York encountered in his time, like Freemasonry, Shriners, um, revisionist Christianity, of course, Islam, uh, a couple of other things that would probably be called cults, uh, some ancient astronaut conspiracy theories, um, and this pretty much was centered just on Dwight York, by far mm-hmm. this leader, alpha male of this group, um, yeah.
3: They had some interesting beliefs, didn't they?
1: Oh yeah, we've got a, we've got a list here. You wanna, let's go back and forth.
3: Okay, uh, number one. It is important to bury the afterbirth so that Satan does not use it to make a duplicate of the recently
1: born child. Big problem in Putnam, I think. Uh, number two. Some aborted fetuses survive their abortions to live in the sewers where they would be gathered and organized to take over the world.
3: People were once perfectly symmetrical and ambidextrous. But then a meteorite struck Earth and tilted its, its axis, causing handedness and shifting the heart off-center in the chest.
1: Here's one of my favorites, Matt. Each of us has seven clones living in different parts of the world.
3: Well, obviously. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I don't even know if you're Matt Prime or mm-hmm. Matt Matt Four. Tersh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, women
3: have mm-hmm. existed for many generations before they invented men through genetic manipulation.
1: Thanks, guys. I mean, women... Uh, and then there's the idea that Homo sapiens modern man is a result of cloning experiments done on Mars using Homo erectus.
3: That's crazy. You know what's, uh, crazier? What's crazier? Nikola Tesla came from Venus.
1: Uh, is that crazy? did you <laughs> know no, i could see that uh, for everybody listening matt just did a mic drop um <laughs> another one is that the illuminati have nurtured a child who is the son of satan born on the 6th of june in 1966 at the dakota house on second 72nd street in new york uh born to Jacqueline kennedy onassis and the rothschild kennedy families the pope was there he performed necromantic ceremonies uh the child was raised by nixon lives in Europe now—it's wow. You've got to you got to check out Dwight York to see some of the um, some of the legal trouble the guy's been in, and he's got numerous sexual abuse charges amongst other charges of fraud. There is an argument that people have had, which is you know, was he just accused of this to prevent his movement from becoming self-sustaining or a threat to a status quo? Uh, well, here's
3: what if that last story is true. Uh, just just going from my invisible's mind uh imagining some of the more crazy things, but what if yeah, what if that story right there is true and it's so ridiculous that no one would ever believe it, and that one guy knew
1: and he wanted to spread the word I would be surprised because there would be a lot more focused and effective ways to spread the word about that, but you know what? Maybe we don't know, maybe the Antichrist really is alive right now, hooked to a computer called the beast three m
3: oh, that would be terrible and wonderful, just knowing that it was true
1: yeah um but here here's our question now, of course, since uh York's incarceration, quite a few of his followers fell by the wayside. He still does have a few, and these followers um maintain some of his writings and some of his recordings um. And, of course, with the stuff we're saying, you know, when we just read that list, uh, we're treating it in a lighthearted manner. But let's keep in mind that a lot of established, quote-unquote established religions, which have been around for more than a century, have uh, beliefs that might sound equally strange when you just list them the way that we did. Yeah, so, I, I'm yeah. sorry.
3: I must apologize for the way I did that list, but, uh eh.
1: Whatever. I don't even know if this is you or if this is one of your seven clones. Church, dude. Tersh, sorry, Tersh. Or tertiary. Well, tertiary, if I can just call you three. Um, we've, we've reached the point where usually in our podcast, we talk about, uh, where to go to learn more. Um, I have a little bit of a, of a, of a twist on this. If you're into it. Yeah, I'm totally into it. Let's talk about how to get somebody help if they're in a cult, because we know that this, this can be a heartbreaking thing, you know, especially so uh, a lot of people find themselves in a situation where maybe their child is just old enough to be uh, their own legal guardian, but young enough or isolated enough that they fall into a c- clearly unsafe situation like yeah. a cult. Um, so we found a couple of things from some cult helplines that we can advise you with. One of the first things that if you're talking to a loved member who is in a cult, be careful not to straight up criticize the group or the member because remember that if it's a cult, they're going to try to tear down this person's ego, which means that they have no privacy. They will have to say what you said about the cult or the leader. And then this will likely be used. If the leader knows anything, what's going on, this will likely be used as a reason to cut you off from their life. Yeah. Which yeah. makes it much harder.
3: Uh, and you have to keep in mind that this group is purposefully trying to isolate this person, your loved one. So you have to remember to initiate communication as much as you possibly can with them. Uh, but you have to be really, really careful not to be judgmental when you're talking to this person.
1: Yeah. Socratic uh, method.
3: Yes. You can't because that will send them directly uh, in the opposite direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, another one that's pretty important here. Uh Just some housekeeping, which applies to any organization, in my opinion. Don't give original documents to anyone. No original birth certificates, no original copies of wills or anything like that. And please, God, no titles, no deeds to any physical possession. It will not be yours for long.
3: Do not, under any circumstances, allow yourself to be persuaded by, quote, professionals to spend lots of money on uh, some kind of treatment or some kind of legal action until you've verified the credentials of that person. Mm -hmm. Not only... But also the qualifications that they have for handling this problem.
1: Right. Yeah. Because it's, it, there's, there's something where it verges into con territory where someone says, well, you have this problem that I can solve for you, mm-hmm. um, because of my vast knowledge, just like that doctor who may or may not have existed in the Kurum case. Um, next, don't feel guilty. Don't feel alone. These, this kind of stuff is distressingly. Common and it can, it can happen to anybody's family. It doesn't mean that your family is bad if one of your m- family members is suckered in by a cult.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, it is very important to remember that there are probably a lot of other people going through a very similar situation. Right. And there are people you can talk to. There's, um, you know, there is a cult hotline and a, a cult help clinic. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of family support groups that meet, uh, Monthly usually or sometimes even more frequently.
1: Yeah. And you can find, you can find some help, uh, likely in an area relatively near to you. The internet is your friend in this regard, especially if you're in like an isolated community, which some people might be, um, get online, call a helpline. If, if there's a situation where you feel trapped and you think that you are in a cult, um, then you can. Call uh, you. You legally can call 911 and say that you are being held against your will. Um, it is a crime to hold somebody against their will uh, without, you know, legal steps taken to do so. So unless they have power of attorney over you, you know, um, which, again, you should never agree to, uh, then you your best bet, although it can be very difficult, is to go outside of this group. The, if, if there is somebody who's exploiting you in a cult, um, or exploiting one of your loved ones, then they're not going to give up. Uh, which means that you should research the group, figure out everything about what happens so you can know what's going on with this person in your life. And then we go to the most important thing to remember, right, Matt?
3: Yeah. Do not give up. Remember that this person, your loved one is probably a product of either your upbringing or your friendship. Um, and it's really hard to break those bonds. Even if, if the group has attempted to break those bonds, um, there is something there that remains and you have, you have some sway over this person, uh, that you love, who probably loves you back. So yeah, just, you know, if you really believe that it's a, a scary, uh, dangerous situation, do not give up.
1: And let me add something else here, Matt, that I think uh, you and I have neglected to mention earlier. It's very important. Just because, let's say you have a, a child or a, a friend or a sibling or a parent or whatever who believes in something that you don't agree with, just because they believe in that does not necessarily mean they're in a cult. So you have to be very, very careful um, to look at the organization as well before you decide that something's a cult, because I think it's it's deceptively easy. It's a bit of a slippery slope to start with. Well, I don't like it. So let me yeah. find things to dislike. You know, just like the old Louis C.K. bit where he says, you know, if you don't like something, if you don't like a person then everything they do makes them seem like a jerk. You know, they like, look at that. soul Yeah. Eating ice cream.
3: Luisie came in. Best yeah. insights on the planet right now.
1: Yeah, he'd probably be a pretty good cult deprogrammer, which we didn't even talk about, because sometimes it turns out that's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I think, Matt, now is the time for us to finally do some listener mail, right?
3: Oh yes, and we've got a great one. This comes from Kellison D. And just I want to say here, Kellison says that we can talk about or quote any part of this email in the email. So we're, cool. we're good. Hey, here.
1: Kellison, thanks for writing in. Kelson says, I didn't check the date on the
3: video, so I don't know if I'm too late. But at the end of your cult video, which I loved, uh, you asked about what underground bases you should cover in future videos. I was raised Mormon, and that's why I loved the, the cult video so much. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. The Mormons have, not secretly by any means, an underground vault that supposedly holds the largest genealogy library in the world. I've never been to it, but I'm told that tours are offered, maybe they still are, and that it's bomb-proof. And they have to take you in a golf cart a mile deep into the earth, granite more specifically, and the Mormons' material of choice for, oh, the, the granite is the Mormons' material of choice for all edifices. I don't know if there's anything fishy here, but it's certainly weird. What do you think, Ben?
1: Uh, you know, it is true that the, uh, Church of Latter-day Saints is a world leader in genealogy, um, and recordings as far as the specific information about the underground facility. I know it's there. I wish I knew more. I would love to check it out. Um, and it's very interesting to, to read this, uh, email. What I think we should do is start looking into this. Uh, in some more detail. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's
3: fascinating. I think it's a great idea. Actually, if I had the funds to mm. put anything deep underground in granite, if that I thought were special, I, man, I'd do that.
1: Yeah, you put genealogy records. I'd put everything down there. You would be like an underground bunker hoarder.
3: Oh yeah, dude. Anything I <laughs> thought was important for humanity that wasn't perishable
1: going in my granite bunker. All right. Well, uh, we'll build it one brick at a time. Matt. So, yeah, uh, one yeah. more thing. Just yeah, I yeah. want to
3: say thanks again to Kellison for writing in and letting us read your email.
1: Yeah, sure. man. Thank you so much. And for everybody else who's wondering, hey, how can I get a shout out on the podcast? Which did Kellison ask for that?
3: Uh, Kellison didn't ask for a shout go. out, but yeah. guess what? She got
1: one. You got one. You got one.
3: Oh, I don't know. Kellison.
1: I'm really sorry. I don't know. Uh, Kellison will write in to correct us, uh, but that was a fantastic piece of listener mail. We do appreciate your time writing in. You can also t- talk to us. We're lousy all over the Internet. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. We're conspiracy stuff at both of those.
3: We've got and that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1 833 STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old fashioned email.
1: We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
3: Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
4: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.